Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as a mountains man commenting on things, lots of things, amateur anti-racist, devoted to my at Claire BB Bear. There's at Kappa Towers for sports stuff. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Preston Towers. Hello. Hello, Preston. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um, I'll give them my actual name. And then <laughs> uh, so some people uh, know me as Preston Towers. Uh, and uh, then I apologise for pretty much most things I say. I say, I'm sorry if I've insulted you said something stupid, um, it's more than likely I have. Uh, you know, don't sort of uh, judge me uh, as being like that all the time. What's the choice behind, uh, it's not an anonymous, but this pseudonym uh, account that you run in Preston Towers versus the, the actual you? Uh, well, the thing was that it, was, it came about because I was tweeting as my um, teacher self and uh, mm. student found uh, found my tweets. This is about the, 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 the Spillard. Remember those days? Yes. And I thought this is uh, this is probably not a good idea. So I thought, well, I'll I'll uh, have to change it. So basically I changed it after – I named it after the street that I was living in and I was living in this rather sort of run-down apartment block, uh, just <laughs> sort of jokingly called Preston Towers. Um, so that, it, it pretty much was just a um, last-minute panic thing, like, oh, look, I, I want to tweet. I want to tweet about politics and stuff, but I want to be, uh, it's like, free of, uh, free to be able to say things. Because, I mean, the thing is that at school teachers, we have a lot of um, code of conduct and, and sort of things like that which um, to follow and completely understandable. I mean, you, you, your teacher account is basically, you know, the, the, the students can follow you and that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. and, and turn parents. And you, you, you want to sometimes have the freedom to be able to state things and, have things that you, you want to say but aren't necessarily connected to your professional life. So that's why I've continued the pseudonym this for this long. How has social media changed the educational experience? Um, well, in terms of schools, I mean, you're talking. Are you talking about teacher Twitter school in schools, or are you talking about education in general? Yes. Uh, both. Um, <laughs> well, the thing is that I, I've been involved with teacher Twitter for some time. I mean, I was involved with teacher Twitter and it, it's, it's great for, you, you get a chance to connect with people and get some resources and have the occasional chat with people and ask questions and, and that sort of thing. But I tend to find it a little bit repetitive and they also, a lot of teachers aren't on at certain times of the day because I commute a lot. So I, I work quite a bit of, a long way from home. So I tend to be on the train and so forth. And a lot of the teachers aren't. They're looking after kids or whatever. And so there's, and also they're not really tweeting about politics or media or they're not uh, uh, tweeting interesting stuff a lot, some of the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I just sort of, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I, I've left away from that a lot of the time. Occasionally I return to it and I'm reminded of just what it's like. But I, I've learned though, um, but the thing is that what I've learned is is how regular Twitter works, like where you, you've got this con- contesting of ideas, you've got all these different people from different walks of life. And I found that very um, educative. Uh, I've learned a lot from it. 
And I actually think it's helped um, me understand how, you know, how kids um, use social media too and how they will, how they will. And, you know, if students ask me questions about Twitter and social media, I'll give them some sort of uh, advice on, on how it works, but also I like to surprise them with bits of information I've gleaned from Twitter. They look at me as if I'm like, hey, you're a 43-year-old man. How do you know that? <laughs> you know. Hit them up say, with some Have you ever facts. heard of BuzzFeed? Have I heard of BuzzFeed? <laughs> it's, oh, that, that happens a lot. They, like I'll, I'll um, um, you know, that, that's, that, that does because the thing is that they, they assume that because if you're a 43-year-old, uh, teacher, you, they, they, you, you're a bit lame. I am a bit lame. I know this, but um, <laughs> I, I know on Twitter I'm a bit lame. It's, um, silly middle-aged man, sort of saying stuff. But I, I mean, but the thing is that it's it's it is useful because you know you you do pick up on things and you're able to actually engage with stuff that that, that kids are interested in. So you can bring a bit of what you sort of read on Twitter. You can bring into your teaching. Well, yes. You know, you, you say you. I found it actually really useful. What was school like for you? I hated it. High school yeah. was rubbish for me. I mean, I I was in a school of fourteen hundred kids, um, and it was a state high school, and the, some of the teaching was good, some of the teaching wasn't. Uh, but I, I felt really out of place. Um, it was a because um, it was the Lower Blue Mountains, and I and I just. Look, it was it was it was okay, but I, I was interested in different things from most of my classmates. Uh, mm. I liked VFL, um, which was definitely I had no one to talk to about that. I like <laughs> I like classical music because I my parents were old and uh, in the mid forties when I was born, so I was sort of brought up with classical. And I was still this I listened mostly to classical in those days. I listened a bit of Doug Mulray in the morning in those um, to try to get <laughs> sort of trying to figure out what everyone else is into. Um, and, uh, so I, that was, but I was still, I was still very much out of place in that regard. So, um, high school was, oh, I was miserable for most of it. Um, had got a couple of friends who I've still got after all these years, but yeah, I, I just found it really, um, I, it was a strange thing. Also, I had the, the, the unusual distinction of, uh, being in the same maths class as Adam Giles, who is yes. now the uh, chief minister of the Northern Territory. <laughs> that was an interesting experience, but um, yes, some people don't change very much. Oh wow! Um, so, given your experience of high school, particularly, hmm. why then choose to be a high school teacher? Because I wanted to be a better teacher than most of mine. Yeah. Uh, I also I was taught by an Eng- excellent English teacher, um, and I and also I had a. I had a, a, a raging communist um, as a history teacher, three-year history teacher. I, he actually he actually uh, gave us uh, Christian Party of Australia um, uh, bookmarks with comments on them when we left, and I actually arranged to buy him jukebox in Siberia by Skyhooks. Um, <laughs> and, and the irony of all this was that some years later, in fact, when I I, um, I was involved in uh, in a political campaign. Um, for the Greens, um, he was actually handing out for me at a booth because he's changed from being a communist to a green, which is I find really amusing in retrospect. <laughs> uh, was, uh, you're running as a green because uh, at the at school I was a, I was actually a, a liberal supporter. So 
because uh, my parents were in longer stories. But mm. the, the, the thing, but uh, but the thing was, I, I took from them, and I thought, look, yeah, look, they're cool, um, and I wanted to be I, partly. I wanted to be a teacher because I um, wanted to be a, a, as good as, a, but also better than a lot of teachers I had. But also, um, I wanted to be there for the kids who were, who are isolated, who are don't mm-hmm. feel like. No one's really they don't they don't fit in, and I'm the sort of the person who can completely get that. Um, and I I get that opportunity. I've got that opportunity a lot recently, actually, um, in because uh, I have a pastoral role these days, which means I actually get some time to you know I I have a, a position of looking after people in that regard. So I like um, being able to do that. So I look after the kids who get isolated and picked on and bullied and whatever else. So there's a bit of that too. In your opinion, have you achieved that goal of being a better teacher than most of your high school teachers? Oh yeah, well, I think I have. I mean, I certainly want. I, I like being creative, and also I like to have like the students give me having a lot of input into the, what they're doing because I, I I felt as though I, when I was at school, it was very much rote learning, and I didn't yeah. feel, I didn't feel engaged, and I think. I mean, look, I, there's some teachers that I don't think I have been as good as um, who were just brilliant. But then again, I, I don't. I think I think that was rather arrogant of me to actually think that when I went to uni, I was going to be better than my teachers. I think I, I dropped that arrogance pretty soon when I taught in some of the roughest schools in Western Sydney. Um, mm. I, I, but I sort of got this this toughness and also, yeah, I'll drop that. Uh, I definitely dropped that sort of sort of arrogance I just thought I'll, I'll be as, as good a teacher as I can be I mean I think I, I hopefully I have I think people seem to like what I do and I get kids saying I like what I do so I probably have achieved a, a sort of oh I've been okay yeah I suppose I mean that's that's all I can ever be but um, I think that makes any sense at all I think I've completely lost the train of thought no, that's that's completely fine I think you know it's it's what what I like is if I have students saying to me and actually I run into students after several years after teaching them and they'll say that oh they remembered something I did or something I said and that's probably where you, you think you know that's that's pretty good um, that's probably why you do it you just you sort of you get that sort of you know where you've helped someone or you know it's not even necessarily something you've actually taught them in terms of content it's a lot of the time it's about what you've taught them in terms of what they've got out of out of what you've done in terms of just interpersonal sort of lessons and mm. stuff. You think that's that's the thing. I mean, I, I teach English and I teach other subjects, but to me, it's also about just teaching just teaching people um, uh, life skills and also mm. how to be good to each other. That sort of stuff. Oh, it is like that. I mean, I know that sounds rather um, saccharine, possibly, but. I just think as you go along, you know, the, 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 the English, being an English teacher means you actually get a chance to um, help with kids with their reading and their understanding of what they're reading and viewing on television and film and that sort of thing. And I think that's really, I said, that's, that's a really good thing because, you know, as you know, TV is what makes the world go around. Um, TV's life, If, you, if you can help people sort of watch TV. TV is life. TV is, well, it is, and if you, you can help kids sort of appreciate things and sort of um, appreciate also things that they might not be aware of, uh, then, uh, you know, you've, I think that's a pretty good thing, be able to have that opportunity. 
what are you passionate about? Uh, I, I look, I'm, I'm passionate about different things. I, I, I tend to flip from one thing to another. So, um, I mean, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'm passionate. I'm passionate about classical music and listening to it and playing it. I used, I did not so much playing it anymore. I don't get much of an opportunity because I, as I say, I tend to flip from one thing to another. But um, I, I tend to get passionate about all different things at different times. Like I did a bit of acting once. That was fun. That was that involved <laughs> yes. in passion. I mean, it was um, oh, Don's party was a lot of fun, um, uh, and um, also um, oh, there was also Cosi by um, Louis Nara. That was fun. But I mean, there was also I, I, politics was interesting. I got a bit passionate about that, but then I realised that I'm not suited to it. I just think. I, I just it's it's a strange game, and I, I don't think I, I'm not suited to it. Um, uh, I tend to th- I do tend to say what I think too much, and you <laughs> to, you you don't you just can't you just can't do that. Um, uh, and uh, um, but also I think you, it's also with politics is this conformity that I just don't like. I'm not a, I'm not a, a bit of a, a passionate nonconformist, and a bit of a passionate contrarian. Um, it's just probably a hangover from school and university. I've always been a bit of a contrarian, um, but I, you know, I'm passionate about helping people, um, and and passion. I get really if is a is a cause to and there's if I see something where I can actually make a positive difference, I get very passionate about that. So I will try to do that um, to to help out in in any way I can. Uh, that's probably. So I tend to be fairly flexible with my passions in that respect. I think sometimes you think, oh, well, that's that's something I can help with. Um, I mean, that that's the funny thing about this whole Twitter thing. I did not start this account. Uh, I don't even know what. I mean, I started it because I wanted to say some stuff about politics. I but I've had fortunately because people follow me, and I still really don't know why they do. Uh, I've had a chance to actually be able to help people and you know follow a few passions, and I think. That's that's been good, but yeah, so yeah, flexible. I right, football, the football thing's relatively uh, recent actually. Yeah. Um, because I tell you what, with with football, uh, I used to follow VFL and I used to sort of watch Swans games on the telly. They they were very removed from me. You know, the, the games mm-hmm. are in Sydney, and you know, and and I'm not really. It's very it's very hard to get me to get to games. First game I went to was in 1995, but because um, I just didn't get a chance, and I, I was a very sort of shy kid, so and I wouldn't go by myself. So I, I just yes. sort of, uh, but I was I watch it. But then, and of course, then I got married to someone who hated AFL, <laughs> hated it, called it gay AFL and all this sort of crap. <laughs> I know, I know, it's one of the many reasons I go. Well, okay. Um, but the irony was she didn't like going to rugby league. She liked sort of supporting rugby, but not going to it, which I found really weird. Anyway, but so when I uh, when that marriage ended, and I just threw myself into something that I, I thought this is something I wasn't able to really follow very much when I was married. I'm just going to throw myself into following AFL. Yes, and I, I think when the Giants was started, I thought, well, you know, I think because I was grew up in Western Sydney as a VFL fan, and not many people I knew, I thought, oh, look, if, if the AFL want to kick their way into Western Sydney, I'm going to get behind that 100%. And it was a great decision because it's such an interesting, very interesting thing to be involved with a brand new football club trying to look for an identity 
mm-hmm. and, and a whole lot of people who are sort of coming from the cold, all these people, these the expats mostly from other states who feel a bit feel a bit isolated following AFL in Western Sydney and they're all congregated together in a passionate little tiny passionate group that's growing and growing and growing and um, it's been really good as being part of this new that's uh, that's been a, a newer passion and the great thing is that it's also it, what's useful about it is that one of the first questions students ask you is what football team you support no, I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of schools and I sort of go oh eh. I used to be like I was really a bit sort of meh about sport like not yeah. cricket so much I love cricket but no but football so Meh, sort of Parramatta, sort of, uh, and also I like the Swans. Uh, but now you walk into my classroom, there's a big Giants poster. I am the Giants person, and it's just, I don't know, it, it's a sort of, and the kids go, oh, the Giants, but they know, well, that's what I'm like, that's what I am. So it's sort of, it means that I can seem like a regular person. Um, <laughs> because. I, you know, I'm still like really a bit of a nerd. Like I like politics. I like classical music. I like, you know, and and, and that sort of stuff. Reading about, you know, Twitter and I'm not really that like mainstream. I I I, I can't be mainstream. I that's the thing. I I'm never, I just I've never been that. I've never been mainstream at all. And and supporting the Giants sort of means I can be both pretend to be a little bit mainstream, but also not be. It was it sort of it sort of seems to fit me a bit. Like you know. Pretty much. So, yeah. Why is it that you describe yourself as uh, not very mainstream? What, how do you identify outside the norm? Uh, it's it's because, I mean, I, I think it starts from high school. So you you sort of have that um, – because I was, I was an out, I was very much – the only child of – well, I mean, I've got a much older half-brother, but – Really, an only child, a board of parents in mid, their mid forties, um, going to high school. Um, uh, everyone was writing rock bands on their bags, their canvas yeah. bags, and I had classical musicians on my canvas bag. And I think, <laughs> I from that moment, the the die was the die was cast. I think, even when I went to Sydney Uni, I was an, a bit of an outsider there because I was coming away from the mountains down and. I felt really out of the mainstream there too. There's a bit of a there was a bit of a group think going on with Sydney Uni people, and mm. I, I I was really out of that too. Um, I see because the thing is that I mean I, you go to I go to things like locally and you know, the the conversations are about they don't really talk about politics or if they do it's like um, it's very much about their self centered politics or, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll go to. Um, you know, and or I'll go to, uh, um, for example, I've been involved with pe- things in Penrith, and a lot of the people conversations there, I just don't really have much in common. I mean, um, uh, my second marriage. I mean, the thing was yes. that um, that was one of the most, the least mainstream marriages you can possibly imagine. I mean, the, when we came in uh, into the reception, um, we had uh, two people um, in a, a pantomime horse, and we danced into the Craig Ferguson music. <laughs> You know Excellent. the one. The, the I do very well. Um, um, and so, um, uh, I mean, that's and we had trivia. We had political trivia at, uh, at our at our wedding, and Christ. we had and we had croquet in the in the, you know, after the ceremony on 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 the lawns and stuff. It's it's because uh, my wife and I we just 
don't we just sort of have quite non-mainstream interests where we are quite different sort of people and that's what it always comes across i mean wherever we meet people they they they, they pick that up that we're we're quite different we have in, different interests than most of the people we know whether at, we're at work i mean at, at work i mean i i have conversations with people and you know and then we get get along but i've still my interests aren't really aligned with a lot of the people at work and and, and uh, claire's the same so it's I think it's just been I was cars at school, um, and and it just continued. And we 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 like it. We like it like that. I mean, that's the thing. We, mm-hmm. we like to do things that are different and a bit way out. And I mean, not sometimes we do have mainstream interests, I suppose. But I mean, there's a lot of things we like that other people like. But that's cool. It's just a matter of intersecting things. But we just like yes. swimming around a little stream, really. Yeah, the Venn diagrams can sometimes touch in interesting places, can't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and Twitter helps with that actually. I mean, you do yes. find people with your interests. Uh, I think that's one thing that I think that Twitter really does well is you can find. Yeah, you, I, I, I think it's brilliant I, I, that I have had fantastic conversations about obscure classical music with, 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 um, with conductors like Benjamin Northey's on Twitter, and I was going, and I thought I've never actually seen him conduct. He's a really good conductor and I've never seen him conduct. Mm-hmm. I want to, but he's actually following me on Twitter and we're having conversations. I'm thinking what this is, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> you know, he's following me because it's about politics. And we have a cause about politics, but we'll also have conversations, conversations about classical music, but that sort of stuff. Yes. I go, wow. I mean, it just, I look, you know, it's just amazing. What's your favorite piece? <sighs> um, that's a good question. Oh, I think, Favorite piece of music is probably um, the Shostakovich Eighth Symphony. Uh, yeah, some, but I sometimes I'll lean towards Beethoven or Rachmaninoff, Rachmaninoff Third Concerto, or or the Beethoven Last Piano Sonata. One of those. I mean, it depends on my mood. But I, I yes. think look, Shostakovich uh, is probably yeah, he's my favorite. He's just got that. He was his life was pretty full on in terms of censorship and and what he had to go through and uh, but he also the thing is though he's got this kind of bash down the door mentality all the time when he's music and then you have this really sarcastic biting self-deprecating thing going on and i think that's pretty cool he's mm. you know he also loved his soccer shostakovich and you know i always think of classical musicians as being boring and sort of always in a room or, or getting pissed like mozart uh <laughs> but uh shostakovich was uh of his soccer and you know, I just think, but he's just um, my kind of composer, really. What do you make of modern classical? And, and I think for me, the touch point for a lot of people is film soundtracks, where we hear a lot of orchestrated music and those sorts of things. And, and for a lot oh, of people, yeah. that's their only touch on it, isn't it? Oh, I think absolutely. There's a lot of great music going on in classical, uh, sorry, in uh, film soundtracks. Oh, yeah. And I, I like a lot of what's going on. I mean, the thing is that I, I like uh, the sort of the modern, really modern classical music that, that you'll hear in a concert hall that is really out there and strange and I like mm. strange. Um, and and um, but, but also, yeah, oh, there's some brilliant stuff happening with film in soundtracks. Um, and I, I won't necessarily sit down and listen to a film tra- soundtrack by itself, but sure. uh, I'll appreciate what's going on. Um, and, I mean, that's one thing. I mean, when I teach yeah, film, teaching film is my favourite thing to do in a classroom. 
yeah. and uh, because I, I love film. Um, but but I will talk about the the, the music quite a lot, um, and and what the music is doing to to create the meaning. I, I do. I'm a bit of a, a in that sense, a bit of a soundtrack nerd in that way. Um, like, for example, Peter Weir is one of my favourite filmmakers because of what he does with his music. Yes. Uh, like what he does with Beethoven during the, the Dead Poets Society, and um, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, wow. Um, but but generally, yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll, that's what that's why I do like, um, yeah. Uh, I do, so I'll listen to when I watch a movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll be certainly um, the soundtrack. And you know, people like criticizing James Horner because you know Titanic was you know. But a very successful film. He, but he was a great film composer. I mean, he's mm. also a great, a great composer in many ways. Uh, uh, he's one guy I think, yeah. And also, going back, Danny Elfman also really impressed me mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of his stuff. Uh, Batman soundtrack, for example, I thought, you know, he was, yes. he really nailed that. I, I just think that that's how I, I appreciate films for that, the use of music. Where do you find your peace? Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, it's it, it, sometimes it will be um, listening. I'll be listening to some music uh, in in the morning, especially on the way to work. Uh, I work in a particularly nice looking school, so it's it's sort of nice to walk in and see this really nice with flowers out and stuff like that. Old building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's sort of it, it's sort of quite pleasant. Um, at the end of an evening, sometimes like I, I will as well if I've got some something playing, what television watching or something. But it's interesting also sometimes when I'm blogging, yes. um, when I was actually blogging more regularly, um, I found a, a kind of a piece sort of committing my thoughts to paper. Uh, sorry, paper. What's paper? Um, hmm. To computer screen. Um, yeah, so those sort of those sort of times. Um, I, I do, yeah. I, I tend to find those sort of times quite uh, um, peaceful. Um, also, losing myself in a moment, like I, I do find it's funny because I, since I've become involved in going to football, it's it's a weird thing. Sometimes I get myself lost in a moment where something's happening. It's bigger than all of us. We're all involved, and I mm-hmm. just that surprised me. Growing up, sort of away from that, because there's, I, I get why people love sport because they go this communal great thing that's happening you can all sort of joy joyfully collect to let you say wow we beat hawthorne you know like, that's all that's always a wonderful thing if that can happen but you know that <laughs> sort of thing i mean uh that's yeah it's a bit, when moments are bigger than you i think that's really good and occasionally that happens what one thing would you change about your life today oh, i wouldn't have been married to wouldn't have married someone that before like my first marriage was because I had almost no self-confidence at the age of 26 and mm. and I thought no one would want to what me so I sort of went for the first person who looked so interest in me and it was the same for her and it was we had a couple of years of marriage happiness but then the rest of it wasn't and I and I I think I I look back at that and I wish I didn't do it but then again I mean I've got two great kids out of it and you know they they they, they really are great kids and I and so you sort of think, well, you know, you you can't have too many regrets when when you've got kids that are like that, and um, you know, and also, like I said, I, 
I'm sort of so I mean you can say that regret but I mean I look back at now and I go well but what I've got now is great too and I just it's an interesting thing I mean I I certainly have made uh I said, I, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of things, a lot of stupid things I've said on Twitter and I go, I wish I hadn't have said that. But then again, I learned from it because I thought, well, okay, you're a bit of an idiot there, you've, you, but you've learned from it. You've Hopefully in the future you'll learn from it and stop being an idiot. I mean, <laughs> um, like, you know, you, you sort of you say things and think things, you think, you know, and then people, people hold you up on it. You think, yeah, actually, you know, you're right. I probably, that is a really negative blinkered thing I've said and you're right I'll, I'll walk away from that and I won't do it again and so when you're actually talking to someone in the real world you know that, that other thing you go oh you know what yeah I, I just remember what they said on the other day and you know what that's resonating with me right now and I think yes you're yeah it's that's no good at all and I think you know it's, it's sort of it's it does help you sort of so making mistakes really does help you in life I, I I'll make many of them uh, and but hopefully I learn from most of all. I hopefully I've learned from most of them. Yeah. You're in a position, Preston, where uh, at least professionally, any mistakes that you make uh, would be rapidly brought to your attention by some attentive students. Yes. So I guess yes, there's absolutely. that opportunity to learn, to learn pretty quickly from that. Oh, for sure. I mean, you, yeah, you have to be. You have to be uh, sensitive to uh, what students are, are thinking and saying. And if you are barking up the wrong tree or if you're going down the wrong track and they're not really connecting with what you're going, yeah, they, they'll tell you. Uh, sometimes they'll sort of complain to others and so forth. But I think uh, if students get to know me after a while, they know that I don't, I don't take it on as personal criticism that I will go, mm. oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, I'll do it differently next time because I'm – I don't. While I do have a fairly healthy ego, I I, I challenge you to find a teacher who doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, but I, I I do at the end of the day think well. But the thing is that if I'm not communicating with that student, then I'm not doing my job properly, and I'm not I'm letting that student down. So you you sort of you got to be to go. You know what? I'm going to suck it up my you know my sort of um, pride and go. Yeah, okay. Uh, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, you, you do have to be that way because um, life's too short to be on a high horse all the time. I mean, I, look, I leave the high horse stuff to Twitter anyway. You know. <laughs> yes. it, it's more fun there. It, it, to me, the consequences aren't as great. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll be on a high horse for a while and then I'll, afterwards I'll go, yeah, well, that was a bit of fun. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Uh, what am I going to achieve in the next 12 months? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I, uh, um, I'm doing some more study. I'm actually in the middle of a master's um, of education. I'm specialising in gifted education, uh, not because I think I'm gifted. I just, you know, I, I don't even think of much of that, much of that term, gifted education. I think, uh, but I, I mean, it's, it's something that I have been involved with in sort of helping students who are who do have gifts realize them i mean i've got some really i've helped some kids make some really cool videos Hmm. um by giving them sort of the freedom to be able to the space uh to be able to actually make some video responses to text and oh god there's some some great stuff that i could never even think of making and that's what i like when they can give me stuff that i wouldn't even thought of but 
Um, I had a piano teacher, you know, once who said, none of my students have been, or have been as good as me. And I'm thinking, you've had a sad life then, haven't you? If you, you know, I love the fact that I can teach students that are, that are really so, you know, smarter than I would have been at that age. But um, what I want to achieve is so, so I've got that Masters of, edu- of Education. I'm sort of bubbling along. I'm doing some more units in that. That'll be interesting. Uh, I think also um, I've learnt massively professionally in the last year. This has been the busiest and probably the most professionally satisfying year of my career, the last, well, more than the last year, actually. But, and I mean, that's, I've been, that's, this year I've been mega busy. I mean, my role has made me very busy and, and quite, and quite, I've needed to really be on the ball all the time um, and, and focused on what is needed. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been, so, so that's the role I've had this year and it's been challenging but also fantastically challenging, I'd say. And I think I'd like to build on that. So I'd like to continue sort of the energy that I've actually put into my work this year. I want to continue doing that and, and continuing building on my sort of um, uh, that kind of rapport and those sort of things, those sort of gains I've made uh, in the last year. So that's... Um, that, that's what I want to be able to achieve in the mm-hmm. year. I, uh, I mean, uh, if if anyone sort of says, "Well, what do you want to achieve on social media?" I go, "Well, I don't, I don't achieve on social media. I just sort of am. I'm sort of there. Um, <laughs> I get, the, I, I, I sort of get the shits with it only because I, when I see repetitive, I see myself repeating myself. Or if I see myself becoming someone I'm not, if I'm becoming a bit more of an asshole. Which sometimes I know I can I can see myself doing it. I, I get myself into this this sort of position and sort of I go no stop and I ought to walk away from it because you know I one level want to walk away because I go I don't want to, I just I'm just not I just don't really want to be any I'm just really not happy at the moment with what's going on on you know people sort of saying things that I'm just, uh, it gets me in a bad place or or I, I just I'm just in a bad mood and I've said something stupid. The other thing you know, what keeps me in the in there though is of course I've got a lot of good friends a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of people I really like engaging with and they're a lot of fun and I get a lot of fun out of it I like and the thing is that ultimately that overrules all any sort of bad stuff and but it's the same like someone might ask me oh can you blog about because there's going to be an election next year can you blog about the election I'll go yeah, but the onion man's gone. I mean, how interesting is going to be? You know, I mean, <laughs> he made things fun like. You know, I could make comments about him being just like a character from um, Love Serenade. I mean, he's still, I still think of him as a Ken Sherry of politics. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, poor old Onion Man sort of sort of swimming off down the river with his with the, the I Love You uh, balloons. That's that's how I think of Tony Abbott right now. And, and I think it's a shame he's gone. I mean, Karen Sherry's gone. The same uh, Onion Man's gone. And I think Malcolm's going to be, no, he's... Mr. Smooth and, and, and whoever the opposition leader is, whether it's Snooton or whoever it is. I, I mean, I don't know. I, a lot of the stuff that I wrote in the before the election campaign last time will probably hold true for this one. So I don't know. That's the thing. I, I hate repeating myself and going, I said all this before. So look, I, might, I might write some things, but I might go, oh, I'm more interested in doing something else or I might not. I mean, I'm, hmm. I, I don't... Because I, I get asked this actually, whenever I get stuff published, I've had stuff pub, you know, I get stuff published, and you know, uh, under my name, 
which I've had a couple of things published under my name and I've talked to people, you know, it's at work and so on. So say, are you interested in doing that sort of stuff as a career? And I go, oh, God, no. I couldn't put stuff out on a weekly basis or a daily basis. I Look, I respect journalists who can just continue in that vein and, and continue doing stuff on a weekly basis that is fresh and original and different and, you know, and engaging. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it professionally or make to make money. I'm a hobby guy. I'm a teacher mm-hmm. first and I love my job. Uh, and that's what I, you know, and I think I, that's what I'm probably, and I'm good at, I suppose, and that's what people tell me I'm good at. But the, the, the other stuff, the writing, and it's just a fun hobby and I, I've really got a lot out of people saying really nice things. I, I do like, you know, when people say nice things, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's great. I, I've never really, it's, it's, it is good. Or if you know, people have a go at me, I go, oh, well, you know, that's that's fine. You, you know, you got an opinion. I've sort of brought that out, and that's that's fine too. I mean, it's just like, um, I just do it as a hobby, and I just and I enjoy that. And I, but I don't want to make money from it or make it a thing where I have to. I feel like I have to do stuff for being, you know. So, well, so I'll just continue social media stuff. I'll just, as I said, I'll just continue to be, and mm. you know. And and enjoy all the stuff that's been produced, and hopefully, yeah, go like that. Well, Preston, thank you so much for sharing with us what you have. Please know that you're highly valued, and the things that you've said uh, today are, are really important. Thank you so much. It's all right. It's a pleasure. Thanks for asking. Uh, very clearly, you are on Twitter. Are there any other social accounts you want to admit to? Mm. Ah, uh, what do you mean no, in terms of, well, there's Kappa Towers. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish more people, I, I'd say I wish more people followed Kappa Towers. That's a really silly, silly statement to make. No, yeah. I like, see, no, because, I mean, it's, it's uh, look, I I actually really love doing Kappa Towers because it's just sport and there's a whole sporting community out there that are fun. I love, it's just fun. I mean, I don't, I mean, sometimes I'm a political character, people have a go at me and there's stuff that, People are still having a go at me about me talking about bogans three or four years ago, and they're still having a go at me about that. They're still having a go at me about writing about <laughs> megaphones in 2013. That was a two-minute idea, and I, I have said it a few times, admittedly, uh, since, but it's like, people, just move on. But there's not none of that. Kappa Towers is not like that. It's just basically me talking about sport and having fun with some really cool sport people. Mm. Uh, and uh, and that's that's I I really I, I'm I'm different on that account because I'm I'm probably more I'm probably closer to what I'm like in person because I'm just it's just a, it's just a bit of fun and I think but also of course it's it's Warwick Kappa um, yes you know and I was very excited meeting him recently and uh, finding out that 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 Kappa character it's actually something he does put on there is another side of Warwick I've noticed it's. Um, very, I found very interesting. Anyway, um, social. Well, well, there's, I do stuff on Facebook, but that's, well, that's you know, that's that's something else again. Um, social, other social stuff. Uh, I have been. So I've got teacher stuff I do, um, but that's not very interesting. Uh, oh no, it isn't. Look, teachers are great people. I, I know they're bad <laughs> teachers. I mean, you know. But on social media, teachers have to be, you know, and they and that's 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 I completely understand that, and that's that's reasonable. Um, yeah, but that's that I admit to. I think that's all. I think yeah, I think that's all I do.
Yeah. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Preston Towers is indeed human. (laughs) 